Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. So this evening, I've got Phil Leslie with us. Phil, who's joined my training not so long ago, he's absolutely smashing it in South Wales. Hi, Hi, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. I can hardly see you with the sunshine and the sunglasses. I'm outside as well, though, so that's pretty cool. So, too much sunshine (laughs) today, so we're all outside. Um, Definitely. Thanks for joining us, Phil. Um, Guys, in the community, if you've got any questions for myself, any questions for Phil, anything around rent to rent, anything around no money down property investing, put your questions in the comments box. We'll stay online, we'll take your questions. Anything you want to know, and even if you want to know why Phil's grown this weird beard when he doesn't really have to, whatever you want, we'll take your questions. Whatever question you want, um, put them in the comments box. Make sure that you do if you've got any challenges. And also remember, this is not just every Monday. So every Wednesday we're doing an interview, but also every Monday I've got um, McDonald Monday. So I'm going to be online giving content on No Money Down as well. So anything we don't cover tonight, I'll take those on Monday. Now, it's every Monday from 7.30. Apart from next Monday, 7.30 is 9 o'clock, if that makes sense. So we're at 9 on Monday. But anyway, Phil, thanks for joining us. It looks like you've got an amazing view where you are. Um, where are, where are you? Uh, South Wales, just outside Swansea, in, uh, just outside right. Neath. So, yeah, love in, in the valleys. And, um, like you live in right, you live in the sticks. Clearly, it must be impossible to do a property deal where you are, because nobody lives there, right? <laughs> uh, we are in the sticks where we live, but uh, there's there's certainly uh, enough deals to go around. Good stuff. Here. So, what? Um, when did we meet? How long ago? Probably about a year ago, was it? Um, I think it was actually. I think it was August. Was it August two thousand and nineteen? August nineteen. So yeah, le- yeah, about a year ago. Ten. Yeah. Ten months ago. Wow. Shit, it feels like a yeah. lifetime. <laughs> uh, uh, it feels like I'm a not. lifetime for me. Uh, God knows how. Leanne, Leanne's watching. Leanne, Phil's partner's watching. Leanne, I don't know how you do it because like just 10 months knowing him feels like a lifetime. God help you. Um, I'm, I feel sorry for you. Well, I know he's all right. He's all right. So, Phil, Phil, Phil um, as you can see, we're going to have some fun tonight. Um, in the last few in the last few months, obviously COVID nineteen set. So over the last few months, we've had COVID nineteen. We've had a lot of people saying, um, you know, property's dead. It's the end of property. We need to sit back and like meditate and all this sort of stuff and do nothing and you know, camp out and hope that go into some I don't know World War Two pit somewhere and and come out when the sun's shining again. So have you continued with your business during the lockdown? What have you done during the lockdown? Have you like burrowed away in a hole somewhere or have you just kept going? No, no, I've, um, I've, tr- I've, I've kept going. Uh, we've been sending out uh, direct mail to motivated landlords for rent-to-rent HMOs. Um, we've probably sent out about 500, mm, between 500 and 700 letters right. during lockdown. Um, and that's resulted in leads coming in. Uh, it's resulting, I've got three in the pipeline. I've got one deal agreed. Um, I've even sent them to a different part of the country. Um, so I had some viewings in Nottingham and Derby. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not stopped. Okay, us. so um, a few questions out of that. One is obviously you've continued during lockdown. Why did you continue during lockdown and not stop? 
Um, there's, there's still people out there with problems to be solved. Um, just because lockdown happened didn't mean that we couldn't put processes and procedures in place to make it safe to go and meet vendors um, and continue viewing. Um, a lot of people were quite scared about going on viewings. I was only viewing properties where there was no tenants. Um, the vendor would let me in. We'd wear a mask. We'd wear gloves. Uh, the vendor would stay outside. I would go into the property and, uh, you know, just wearing gloves, just being sensible about things um, and, and, and make it, and, and continuing that way. If there was tenants in the property, you know, we wouldn't view. That's out of respect um because uh i, I didn't feel it was right yeah. to do so um but yeah no everyone's still got problems and there's still ongoing issues no matter if the lockdown has has uh you know is underway okay or not. so uh what i've noticed recently from some people so i've spoke to jake wang today um i've also spoke to um carl uh, carl richardson and muzzy again so muzzy that we had on last week muzzy's had a second person Respond to, respond to a leaflet he dropped six months ago. Carl had a phone, Carl had a yeah. phone call from a landlord who said, um, you're getting trained. This is the second person that's been told, by the way, Hamina Bailey as well. You're, whatever, whatever you've been oh, yeah. told by dropping these letters, they don't work. But this was Carl's conversation. They don't work. Um, they, whoever's teaching you, they're teaching you the wrong stuff. You're learning the wrong stuff. And nobody replies to these leaflets. Me and my landlord mates were always laughing about people who send these letters. We never replied to them. By the way, this guy's on the phone to them. Um, they just don't work. I, I've been getting them for years and they've been, I've always been them. But um, at the moment, we're, we're, our circumstances have changed. So how does it work? Right. <laughs> That's how the conversation went. And yeah. now they're meeting them and they've got a potential yeah. deal. Um, and the other one yeah. was, that was Carl. And Jake had a similar situation from a landlord saying, um, I get loads of these. I never replied to them, but I replied to this one because the timing was right. So that's all it's about. There seems to be a spike in timing. Why do you think that might be at the moment? I know you seeing a similar thing. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I think that's the main factor. It's uncertainty. People aren't, I think people become scared once they become uncertain about what's happening in the future. Um, a lot of students have actually uh, up sticks and gone back home. Um, I've seen that we're in the professional market and even some of our professionals have gone back home to live with, um, with live with parents, but they've continued to yeah. pay the rent um, as with vendors. Again, there's the furlough um, people. Some people are on furlough. Some people aren't. And it's just creating uncertainty. And that's the main factor. It's, it's scaring people and um, people make life changing decisions when they're scared Absolutely. or uncertain. And my wife's just joined this live, by the way, and she made me this. So I have to drink it. I've no idea what it is. It's non-alcoholic, right? It's non-alcoholic because I don't drink. But um, yeah, so mm. Linda, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You've got to say yeah, it. Now, I know, yeah, she's watching. So, um, we've got some questions coming in, which I'll take in a minute. Um, Deals-wise, so how many deals have you done? How many rent-to-rent -rent deals have you done so far? Um, what's the sort of cash flow? In, so you said you've just secured one right now. So I guess, yeah. what's the cash yeah. flow on the one you've just secured right now? Uh, let's look at that one individ individually um, first. So how did you secure it? I guess, so, I guess what everybody will want to know is how you secured it. So what method you used to find the landlord, how you negotiated it, or what you, what you negotiated, how much it's cost you to get into the deal, and um, what's your profit monthly? 
Yeah, sure. So this one was through the direct, the, uh, direct to vendor letters through the HMO register. Um, to send the letters out, I think it cost about 60 quid. Um, had off the back of those letters, which are about 200 letters, I had about six viewings. Three are pipelined, one's agreed, and um, the other one may come come through, but I'm not sure. So, you know, there's four, four decent leads there, one agreed. Um, the initial upfront cost to refurbish the properties uh, about one and a half thousand. Uh, five five year deal, and the uh, cash flow profit will be seven hundred pounds per calendar month. Not bad. Now Leanne is saying she writes all the letters, so you're doing nothing. Yeah, she so, does. Yeah, yeah. I outsource to Leanne. So Leanne's getting all of, all of the seven hundred yeah. quid a month, is she? Well, she does as well. Yeah, I might get a little bit, but um, I don't know what the story so is yet. So you sent 200 <laughs> letters. What was the cost of sending the 200 letters? I think I think it was about £66. So 66 quid outlay. You had a bit of petrol, um, yeah. a bit of time negotiating the deal. How much on petrol to get there or diesel? And how much time did you put into negotiating the deal? Um, it took one viewing and I'd negotiated it. So, and it's a 20 minute drive. So, it might have cost you 20 quid in total time, money. Yeah. So, you're at, you're at, yeah. let's call it, yeah, let's yeah. call it, round it up to 100 quid. So, it's cost you 100 quid between letters, yep. um, postage, writing letters, postage, written, Leanne wrote them for free, um, writing letters, postage, driving to the property, and time negotiating the deal. And it's cost you 1,500 quid to put into the deal. Okay. That's right, yeah. And yep. you're making 700 and 700 a month? Some, yeah, yeah. Some money out in two and a bit months. Not bad. Yeah. Guys, guys, Not come bad. on. Give them some love. Give them some love. Come on. <laughs> you can't be on here listening to this and not give Phil Leslie some love. Can you give us a hashtag love Phil Leslie? Or hashtag love heart Phil Leslie. Come on. <laughs> don't, get, don't get upset, Leanne, if there's other ladies giving him some love. You're all allowed to. He deserves some love for that. So... Um, there's love coming through the other two deals what's your cash flow from the other two deals so we've got another one and again it's um, we put 3,000 in that's actually um, we did that with uh, one of our good friends who's actually watching right. now and um, he put he put the cash in that was our first so, deal actually so this, this is I'm going to uh, come to that in a minute keep going about the first deal cost you three grand and how you funded it so keep going the three, yeah. So uh, three thousand, and that does seven hundred. To be precise, that one does seven hundred and sixteen. Seven hundred sixteen. Okay. So four and a bit months, you get all your money back out. And yeah, the third yeah. one. Uh, the third one was again one and a half thousand, and that one's uh, six fifty. One and a half thousand as well, six fifty a month. Okay, so your first yeah. deal. Many yeah. people say to me, um, no money down's impossible. Um, one guy even posted on a, co a comment on a thread earlier today saying, I seen a, a video of yours and you contradicted yourself. You said no money down at start and then you said you needed money. And I always, for anyone who ever watches me, I always make it very clear what no money down is. It's the concept of no money down yeah. is um, not for me. I'll ask, you, I'll ask you, what do you consider when we talk about no money down you've obviously done my training you've done my winter end training and my no money down training what to you what does the concept of no money down mean um it's 
of course there is some money. It's very little money or other people's money. And it's all about leverage. Yeah. Leveraging either other people, other people's money or, or um, specific tools that you can use, such as lease option. Yeah. And even with that, you need a little bit of money, but it doesn't have to be yours. And this, so yeah. a lot of people go, oh, rent to rent, you need some money, like you need three grand. But how much of your money did you put into that first deal? Uh, zero. zero. So none of your money. And for yeah. anyone watching that's yeah. still thinking, oh, no money down, you're still um, the naysayer, the neghead, the it doesn't work, the, I'm sitting on the fence, this stuff doesn't work. Um, it's all a big marketing tool. Um, what would you say to those people? Um, just be more open-minded. I don't think there's much else you can say to that. If someone's so close-minded that they don't think that something works, um, how can they know if they haven't tried yeah. it themselves? So just for anyone who is there wondering, no money down very clearly from, from me, from Kevin McDonald. Quote me. No money down is literally no money. You can do a deal with the no money, okay? You could get a landlord-free rental period. You could get a grace period from the landlord with, with no rent to pay. Or you could take on a property where you control somebody's mortgage and use literally no money. So you could do no money down. Vendor finance is no money down. You could even get enough vendor finance to cover solicitor fees. So there's no money, right? There is little money, so very little money, okay? And you might go, well, how is very little money no money? But it's how quickly you get that money back out. So little money, if it's little money down, like three grand, it does not have to be you that puts the money in. So it's none of your own money. None of your money down. Yeah. No money left in. So no money left in. You do have, you buy a property, you refurbish it, you refinance it, you pull all the money back out. Or you control somebody else's property. So there's lots of different ways that you can do no money down. The concept is what no money down is about. It's the concept of different creative ways to do deals. So be more open-minded, as Phil says, and look at how you do this. Because here's the reality. If you're trying to just buy houses with 25% deposits, you're going to struggle to get three deals done in the period that Phil's got three deals done. So that's 700, 716. And how much for the third one? Uh, 650. 650. So seven's 14. Let's call it seven. 7, 14, 20, just over two grand a month cash flow. Okay, not yeah. bad for, uh, and all the money back out within three, four, but then four and a half months on the worst of them. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. So, where's the love, guys? Give the guys some love. You only give them love for the first one. There's three of them now. Three of them. Give them some love. Leanne said it's okay. Give them some love. Uh, what else have you been up to? Uh, have, you, have you raised? So we talk about other people's money, raising money, using other people's money. Um, have, you, have you done any deals like that yet? Have you um, raised the bonds? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we raised for our first ever deal. Um, we did a BRR on our own house um, and we actually borrowed the cash to get started from family members. And um, so that was the first ever one. Uh, the second one we did was actually in the No Money Down uh, Mastermind room. And that one was really, really yeah, interesting. So No Money Down Mastermind, obviously, is I, I run a, a mentorship program, which Phil is on. Um, you in that room. So just tell us what happened. That was your very first session, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it so, was actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell us what happened um, and how, how that all came about. What was, the, what was the deal? Where did the deal come from? How did it all come about? 
Yeah, sure. So within the mastermind room, you've got the the no money down mastermind and you've also got the deal packaging mastermind. And I knew one of the deal packages on that mastermind and he came over to me and asked if uh, if I would look at some figures on a property that he'd got. Uh, said yes. We had a look at the figures. It worked. It worked as a flip. And um, I said, what do you need? And he said, I've got the refurbishment money. I only need the... Uh, the, the money to purchase the property. So then I said, okay, give me, uh, give me a couple of minutes. He went outside for a coffee. Uh, by the time he'd come back in the room, I'd secured £76,000. So you got £76,000 from somebody else in the room to do a deal that yeah. somebody else in the room found. So that yeah. was like what yeah. I call a three in a bed. Right. Yeah, does, Le yeah. does Leanne yeah. know that you've been doing three in a bed? <laughs> she knows now. She's watching. Okay. <laughs> I'd just like to point out, Leanne, I was not in that bed. Okay? Just to declare. My wife's watching as well. So, Linda, not me, not involved. That was two other people and Phil. If you want to go investigate. So, um, so... What are you up to now? So what's the plan for Phil going forward? What sort of stuff are we going to be looking at next? So going forward, we're going to be, uh, you know, um, still doing a lot of the no money down and the creative strategies, but we're actually moving into uh, property trading. <laughs> the answer was my doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're actually going to be moving into property trading. So it's not just the deal packaging and the, and the sourcing, um, it's going to, it's, it's, in, you know, encompassing everything <clears throat> within the creative yeah. side of property. Um, so we, I've, I'm running Facebook adverts at the moment. We've got a lead in today. So that's an interesting one. Um, as I say, we've got more rent to rent. So it's just going to be a case of generating as much cash flow and as much capital to buy our own um, and, and increase our portfolio. And that's the thing is, is you, you touched on something really important here is, is a lot of people think they, they're like one, they do one thing and they focus on one thing. And they think that one thing needs to be, I'm doing single let or I'm doing HMO or I'm doing serviced accommodation. And what's, what would you say you're doing? Um, property, property trading, and this is the key thing. Yeah, trading. Yeah, yeah. Prop, property, yeah, property trading. Yeah. So you're securing deals. Are you going to trade them all? Are you going to keep some? No, no. We'll uh, we'll keep the ones yeah. that we can, or 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 want to, and they fit our requirements. So, and then the ones that don't fit fit our requirements, they'll go to. Uh, I remember to back on the nominee down training when I talked about what. What are you? You're a, you're a property problem solver. You're, you're not a HMO investor or a single let investor or a commercial conversion investor. You're, you're a property investor. And when you put your marketing yeah. out there, and a lot of people in the community miss this, when you put your marketing out there, the phone rings or you get an email or you get a reply to a Facebook message or whatever it may be, somebody has got a problem. And yeah. If you say I'm doing HMOs and somebody replies with a problem with a one-bed flat or a two-bed flat or a bit of land, then yeah. actually... You're walking yeah. away from money if you do that. So what you're looking at, trading deals, so deal packaging aligned to no money down works really, really well. And I, I do a lot of stuff yeah. with David Siegler because these two things work phenomenally well together because you need cash flow, which is the rent to rent, the no money down stuff, and you need earned income, which is the lumps of cash, which is the deal packaging stuff. So you, you sell a deal on, you get paid once, you got to go looking for another deal. But... 
what typically happens, and you notice this, and only people who are actually marketing in the right way notice this, is when you start marketing, three or four deals show up at once because property, properties <laughs> like buses, right? They all come along together. And then you, yeah. might, you might have raised yeah. enough money from a JV partner or a private investor or, so, or your own funds to do one or two of them. But then do you walk away from the other two? You've got to have that packaging yeah. thing yeah. in your toolbox to sell it on and get paid. And you could sell it on, get paid, and rent to rent it back if you sell it to a landlord far enough away. So that's a really yeah. smart plan, putting those two things together, especially where you are in the country yeah. as well, because you're in a really good area. What sort of, in, in, in your yeah. area, what sort of re, uh, return would you get on a single let? Um, so you're looking at anywhere between 250 to 300 pounds per month net. So yeah, guys, yeah. if you're in the community and you want two to 300 quid a month net profit on a single let house, you want to be looking to Phil Leslie and Leanne and maybe Leanne because she does all the letters. Phil just, I don't know, he's just there. <laughs> I just, I just wear the Where t-shirt. is Leanne? Swap seats. No. Um, so <laughs> let me go to the audience, to the, to the community and see if we've got any questions coming in. Um, Leanne, said, Leanne yeah, sure. says the three in the bed was my doing, but sorry. Um, I'm reading them in the wrong order now. Where are we gone? Where are we gone? Oh, Nana is saying if Phil Leslie had written those letters, nobody would understand them. <laughs> Sonia, Son, question from Sonia. How do you deal with rent to HMO? So a rent to rent HMO where one tenant is not paying the landlord during COVID-19, would you take on the deal and discount the room from the guaranteed rent until evicted and just offer based on the four or five rooms? So, Sonia, you're saying if you're taking on a house from a landlord, that landlord's got a problem, he's got a tenant not paying. So let's ignore COVID-19, because whether it's COVID-19 or not, landlords sometimes have properties with tenants who are not paying. Um, so, yeah. Phil, what would you do? So... So I, the deal that I've agreed um, is actually pretty much that scenario. Um, so the, the tenant is is really problematic. And I did say to the landlord, I'm not willing to take on the property until you the You told me out. about this tenant. You went to me. I said, I said to yeah. you. So this is really funny, Sonia, for everyone. So Phil rings me up about this tenant yeah. saying, you know, what about this tenant? I said, oh, well, you know, there's two sides to every story. So actually, it might not be the tenant at all. The tenant might be lovely. Maybe the landlord's the problem. How wrong I was, I think. Bill, Bill, tell us about the tenant. <laughs> oh, so I knocked the door and he was there and um, just really confrontational, just said straight away, I thought you were meant to come tomorrow. And it clearly wasn't. It was definitely that day. Really confrontational. Um, he was coming up with some fabricated excuses. for. Uh, uh, okay, so the worst one was there's insects, it, like moths in the house. And that's really simple. Close the windows. Or put a moth screen up. But it's just like, you're going to get it in every house, aren't you? Insects. Um, and it was just, yeah. Um, so I quickly found out it mainly was the tenants, um, the tenant being problematic. And I just went straight to the landlord and said, uh, you know, I'm, I really want to take your property on. However, um, not with that tenant. So he, it, the tenant's leaving uh, at the end of this right. month. Cool. We've had, conf- yeah, we've had confirmation. So, Sonia... That's one solution is you take the property on only once the tenant's removed. So you can do, you can get the tenant removed. Now there's different ways to remove a tenant. Um, Section 21, obviously, which is on hold at the moment, asking them to leave. 
paying them to leave, not kicking them out clearly, obviously, right? But you can offer a tenant some money to leave. You can ask them to leave. You can give them a section 21, which is a no-fault eviction. Or you can still use a section eight, which is a rent arrears eviction. So you can, any, there are four different, rent arrears are problem tenant eviction. So there's four different ways there that you could get rid of the tenant. So one solution is you go to the landlord and say, Mr. Landlord or Mrs. Landlord, I will only take on the property at this agreed price on the condition that we get rid of the tenant and I take the keys at the point where we've got rid of the tenant. Another scenario is what you've actually said, Sonia, and we've done this a few times with some of our students have, where let's say the landlord wants you to take the property over immediately or they want to take it over on the 1st of July or within a, you know, a couple of weeks' time. Um, I've just ruined the possibility of this video being evergreen because I put a date on it. I'm kidding. But let's say, you wanted, let's say you wanted to take the tenant property over in a couple of weeks' time. You take that property over in a couple of weeks' time, that tenant won't be evicted in that period of time or won't have left. So what you agree with the landlord is that you would do the numbers. If it's a five-bed house, you would do the guaranteed rent on the four rooms, and that room would be not, non-existent until that tenant leaves. Once that tenant leaves, then you can increase the guaranteed rent to include that room. So you, so you would um, write off that room completely as a room until that tenant leaves the property. But you would put the plan in place to remove the tenant at the start before you go into the deal with the landlord. So you'd agree it with the landlord about the time frame, everything to remove that tenant. So that would be the two, the two scenarios that you'd use. What else have we got? So keep your questions coming because so far I think we've had one. If I've missed any, re-ask them because there's a lot of stuff coming through about Phil's three in a bed. <laughs> Where else have we got? So while I'm looking for questions, Phil, marketing. What are you doing for marketing? Yeah. What sort of marketing are you using right now? And could you show us some examples? Uh, I can. I can do. Um, so marketing. We rebranded slightly our direct vendor marketing. And I've not only registered a company so no one else can take it. I've also registered uh, both domains, .co.uk and .com. And it's called Local Property Problem Solvers, which I thought was really good because you can use that anywhere now, in the country. Where did you come? Where did you um, hear about the term "you're a local property problem solver"? Um, I think it was on a course. Uh, maybe, maybe it was yeah, yours. Might have been, yeah. But good name, well thought out. I remember, right? I there's there's um another lad in the community that uh we did we came on my training and. I said, look, it, you're not doing single it. You're not doing HMO. If anybody asks you, tell them I do property. He's, I was just like having a little bit of a rant at him. He set his company up. It's called yeah. I Do Property. <laughs> I Do Property. There you go. It's perfect yeah. though, isn't it? It does what it says in the tin. So marketing. So we've done, we touched on the direct to vendor letters, which we do specifically for uh, rent to rent HMOs. Um, I did have, so we did do leafleting, but then as you know, I lost the phone through me being an idiot and not submitting the pack code. So we've got to get more. We've done bandit okay. boards. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Just lesson to everybody. Yeah. If you do leafleting, right? If you do leafleting, make sure number one, because I shared examples of this on the trend and where number one is make sure that the number on the leaflet is actually your number. Number two is make sure you don't lose your phone. Right, don't lose the bloody, don't lose the yeah. number. Uh, Phil, Phil, that yeah. is ridiculously stupid. 
I mean, that's just... Oh, definitely. I'll just, have we got a hashtag for how... For how like, hashtag... What can we use that's, like, like um, allowed? <laughs> Somebody create one for how silly <laughs> Phil was right there. Um, keep going. I'm sorry. I just wanted to highlight your stupidity. <laughs> so we've got the T-shirts, and these proved really, really useful because I went into our local Tesco's. They've got We Buy houses on the back of that phone number. I went into Tesco's, and then Liam went in the next day with the T-shirts on. And uh, one of the people at the checkouts, um, you know, put two and two together. And um, she's actually got a house that she wants to sell. So she took a photo of the back of Leanne's T-shirt. And uh, she's going to get in touch with us. She's actually going for a messy divorce at the moment. Maybe I'm not as approachable as Leanne, which is why she uh, talked to Leanne rather than me. Just like to point out, Phil, would, uh, ha- they- Leanne has, um, if you want to um, start having a discussion about your relationship, she's come up with the hashtag, hashtag dipstick. So we've also got oh, Gary Kuhn with hashtag duh. So we can use either. Whichever you prefer, guys, use them for him losing Leanne, Leanne, losing his, losing his phone number for his marketing. Hashtag dipstick or hashtag duh. Um, either one or just hashtag Simpsons. Um, Phil, the T-shirt, she walked into the shop wearing the T-shirt. The lady at the counter serving her the food. Serving yeah. her the food. Yeah, serving yeah. her the food, checking out her food. You know what I mean? Um, She's got a property and she's gone through a situation. So give us some back to that. Sorry, I just wanted to share the dipstick. Back to the... um... So yes, she's she's going through um, a divorce at the moment. It's quite a large four-bed property. And um, so she took a photo. She couldn't talk too much because there's, you know, people waiting to uh, to buy their shopping. Um, so she took a photo of the back of the Leanne's t-shirt and she's uh, she's going to give us a call. That's awesome. Um, so... so yeah. Leaflets, letters, um, T-shirts. What else have you got? What else yeah. are you doing to get your name out there? So we've got, so we got Facebook adverts. So they're running in the background. Um, and they're, they're something. Um, I've got a call with... Um, I've got another mentor as well. So I've got a call with that mentor to go through the Facebook marketing aspect of it. Um, and as I say, we got a lead from it today. And I only spent... 30 pounds so far to get that one lead um that's really cool the other thing i've got um i've got magnetic stickers yes on the truck. yes and the the biggest piece of marketing that we've got let me just swing the camera around we've got a trailer look at that so it's just what can you walk can you spin it another little bit to the other side of the trailer that's the back of the van Oh, that's right. the trailer. That's the back of the van. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's the that's yeah, the trailer. That's an, so that's an yeah. that's an that's A-frame the... trailer with that sign on both sides. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's also got it on the back. Good as stuff. Well. Now here's the key thing, guys: is your marketing. I see people all the time. They they're on the communities. They're going. Um, what are people doing to our marketing? What's working at the moment? They think it's one thing. They're looking for the golden ticket. Um, it's not about a golden yes. ticket. It's about making sure as many people as possible know that you exist in your area. And quite often I see people in big cities and you go to a networking event. They're in London maybe. You go to a networking event and you say, so where are you investing? Uh, London. Where in London? Or anywhere in London. Anywhere within the M25. <laughs> what would you say to people who are investing anywhere within the M25? How's that going to work out for them funding-wise? 
Um, you, you've really got to focus on one specific area that you know, like the back of your hand. That, that's pretty much it. You can't you can't spread yourself too thin. It's there. like the tr- you, you, if you imagine um, a pebble dropping in the ocean. If you're in London and you're trying to market the entire London, nobody's going to know you exist. You're wasting your money. You can you can do you can yep. do so much more stuff in a small area. So the signs, the the van, the the car trailer. You could park your car trailer in um, a car park and forget to hook it back up to your van and then maybe come back for it a few hours later because you forgot it. You know, there's little things you could do with a car trailer um, to keep your message out and about in the streets. You can park your car on the street with signs on it. This is how I started. My wife used to have magnetic signs on her car. She used to drive around. I used to have them. when I, I, At work, I wasn't allowed them, so I got magnetic signs like that. And I used to drive out of work in the evenings and yep. then I'd stick the car, sign on the car as I left, the, I left work and put it back, take it back off going in the next morning. So, guys, the answer to what's the golden ticket to marketing? The golden ticket isn't one thing works better than another. The thing is you've got to do a load of stuff, lots of different bits of marketing. And I, ideally, you want to start with three. Pick three different types of marketing and doesn't really matter what they are. Pick three and then stick to them. Continuously do them with consistency to get your message out there in your local area. Otherwise, you don't have a business. If nobody knows you exist, you don't have a business. If you're just doing one thing, you don't have a business. What you have is a hobby or you have something that's actually not working because you're not, it's not enough message out there. Phil, in your, so you've been doing this a few months now. Uh, would you say that a lot, what I see a lot of from people is they, they do a training, like they, or they don't even do a training. They come on the community, they watch some stuff in the community, and then they maybe go on a training and they try after the training to do the, the thing they've learned or maybe they've gone on a free webinar or a free event and they try and do something that they learned. And then what they do is they, they try it for two or three weeks and it doesn't get them a result and they quit or they stop. Is, what is the, how important is consistency and more importantly, in terms of the question, would you say that you're now getting more opportunities a few months down the line because you're getting more known than at the start? Does that make sense? 100%. Absolutely 100%. So it's really important as well to not forget that you, with all the marketing material that I've got here, it, that's not the most important. The most important thing to market is yourself on social media, 100%. Um, I'd rather not have all of this and just market myself on social media um, than not use social media um, because that's where most of our opportunities have come from, uh, social media. And, and, and a lot of the time, it's just me giving out free value and free content and having phone calls. I've had about three phone calls with people today just offering advice, uh, four phone calls yesterday, and that's a normal day for me. And off the back of some of those, I've had um, some deals thrown my way. Um, and again, it's goodwill that will come or, or maybe it will come to fruition in the future. That's the corny saying of um, your network is your net worth. I hate the saying, but how, how true is that saying? Oh, it's very, very true. Very true. Um, yeah, you can't, you can't do all this on your own. Um, I know, you know, I've got, I've, got, I've got Leanne that works alongside me. 
Um, but you know, me and Leanne are one unit. We we can't do it alone. We have we have to rely and leverage the other uh, community and other people. Now you mentioned that obviously I mentor you, and you've got another mentor. And I always say to people, you uh, you need mentors in different things. What would you say to somebody who's thinking yeah. they don't? You know, you can learn it all in a book. You can learn it all on Google. Um, me- you don't need mentors. Uh, you can you can have your own. You can, you can do it alone. You can go further alone. What would you say to somebody like that? Um, how can you Google something that if you don't know what you're searching for? <laughs> That's you summed can't. it up in a sentence, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. You don't know what you don't know. So, uh, yeah, you, you need someone who's been there, done it, and is still doing it to show you the way. And then once you've done the course, um, you know, as I say, we've got two mentors now, yourself, and, uh, and another one and um, I couldn't have got as far as I am today without them I'm going to put my prices up okay, I'm kidding <laughs> what else can I ask you so going forward obviously you, you mentioned deals in Nottingham and Derby as well so what attracts you to that area yeah uh, my brother lives there okay. so um, I've got um, I've got I've got another office in Derby I already, I already kind of um, knew the answer because your brother's also done the training. But yeah, yeah. So he's lo- yeah, he's looking yeah. for deals with you in that area, and you're going to do some JVs together as well. Or yeah. So what we've what we yeah. So what we've done is I sent the letters out for that area, and I left my phone number on, um, just because I'm used to speaking with vendors now. Um, pretty quick um, thinking on my feet when I'm speaking to vendors, and I get uh, an objection, I can handle it pretty quickly. Um, and I just felt if, if I if, if I put my number on there, he came to the viewings with me, he could learn as well. Um, whereas if possibly he may have secured a viewing, uh, but there's a potential that um, he may have not if he'd have said the wrong thing on the phone. Right. Um, for people, I mean, I mean, you're, you're you when I met you were like you felt like you were camera shy until I stuck you on camera. Do you remember a few months ago? And then you've just become, you've come, oh, yeah. you've become an yeah. absolute animal um, in terms of you're on, you've created, you've created a, monster. a monster. So a few months ago, I got Phil to do a, a live on stage in front of a, bit of a bunch of people. And when I asked him to do it, he was in the background crying like a baby going, no, not me. Uh. Right, crying like a baby. You should have seen it. It was like diaper time, but um, he's, I've created a monster. So, Phil, what would you say, Phil, to anyone who's um, thinks or says to themselves, uh, "I'm I'm camera shy. I can't get in front of a camera. I wouldn't know what to say. Nobody wants to hear my story. Nobody's going to want to listen to me. I've got nothing to add. No value to add. All those negative stuff going around in people's heads. What would you say to them? Uh, just do it. There's, there's nothing else you can say, really. Um, yes, you are going to get criticism from some individuals. You're going to get that wherever, you, whatever you're doing within property. There's always going to be someone criticising you. Um, if what I've found and what a lot of other people have found is in the mastermind group, everyone's supportive. It's a safe environment, and that's what you need to start off with: a nice, safe environment where everyone's like-minded. Um, no one's judgmental. It's all fair um, criticism and, you know, you know, practical criticism that you can actually use. Um, but you've just got to get out there and do it because if you don't market yourself, how the hell is anyone going to know who you are? And Facebook algorithms at the moment are pushing video and lives. Mm-hmm. So you just, your reach will decrease if you don't Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. 
Um, absolutely. So, guys, if you're enjoying this, by the way, right, I'm doing a McDonald Monday every Monday. So normally down Monday where I'll be giving you content around different strategies. So any questions I don't answer tonight, I'll do, I'm doing a content section every single Monday night around that stuff. Um, I did some videos yesterday in the community about some deals we just done as well that you can have a look from what, just search my name and see them. Phil's doing loads of content in the community. I've searched his name, looked for what he's posting about, the stuff he's working on at the moment. But if you're enjoying these interviews, if you want me to continue doing these interviews, every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., I will do an interview in the community sharing value from one of our students, what they're up to, what they're doing in their, in their property business right now. If you want me to continue doing this, Give me a hashtag Midweek McDonald, a hashtag NMDTV or No Money Down TV. I want to know now, if you don't give me a hashtag, right, hashtag Midweek McDonald or hashtag NMDTV, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not wasting my time doing this, giving you value if you don't want me to do it. So give me a hashtag McDonald Monday, if you, McDonald, Midweek McDonald even, and McDonald Monday if you like, if you want me to continue giving this value every single Wednesday night from 7.30 p.m. So no money down TV in the community every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Let me know you want us to happen, to continue happening. Give us a hashtag. If I'm not getting any, it stops immediately. We might run one, we might run one next Wednesday night because I might already have somebody doing it. But, you know, apart from that. Okay, questions coming through. Um, Gary Kewen said, what was the reason for the rebranding? Probably because there was no brand. Uh, probably brand guy because there was no branding before that. Now, what was the what's the problem? What was the reason um, for rebranding? Yeah, so we just wanted to stand out more, not on social media, mainly on social media, um, and we felt that our current branding just blended in. Uh, so I I then chose the bright Gary Green that you can see here um, because no one else was using it to the extent that I now am. Um, and that was it. Uh, bright yellow was taken by a well-known community member. Um, so I couldn't take that. So I took the green. Right. Who took bright yellow? No idea. You just... <laughs> no idea. What else have we got? So, sorry. So, so Dan is saying, sorry if you've covered it, I joined it. Dan, if you join late, we can't take your questions. We're not taking any questions. I don't want to join late. You need to be on time. Seventh. Okay, I'll take your question. It says, Dan's question is, but well, where do you see the post-lockdown market going? So, we'll both answer this. Phil, where do you see the post-lockdown market going? Um, I think that it is going to be a huge renter's market. Uh, everyone on furlough and they're going back to their jobs where the companies haven't got the income that they used to have and they're going to be letting go of people you've got people who have been locked up with their husband or wife that are going crazy there's going to be divorces going on people separating the amount of stress that's in the in the uh you know out there at the moment and stress causes life-changing um events to happen uh there's gonna be a lot of how do you think i'm outside she's kicked me out she's kicked me out of the house <laughs> So, so yeah, that's that's where I see it, see it um, going. I'd say, guys, massive, massive, massive opportunity in HMO rooms coming up. Why? Because of that very reason. Divorce. There's reports all over the papers, right? People leaving each other everywhere, right? It's happening all over the country. Divorces have gone up massively. In a time of a crisis, in a time of a recession, everybody downsizes. They cut the costs. 
young people in their 20s and 30s who are, have spent the last couple of years showing off to their mates and trying to prove themselves to their the future boyfriend or girlfriend, trying to get themselves sorted. They've been renting expensive city centre apartments, our nice two or three bedroom houses, and now they need to tighten the belts. They're going to cut the costs and they're going to have to downsize. And they don't want to move back in with mom and dad. They're going to rent a room. They're going to rent a room. Look at all the restaurants that are never going to open. The report today, right? So Bella Italia, Carluccio's, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Frankie and Benny's. None of these are opening again. They're all closing down. Chiquitos. They're never opening again. Thousands of jobs gone. A lot of people, they, they won't be buying, but more importantly, they won't even be renting. They'll be renting, but they'll be renting cheaper and cheaper property. And where is the bottom level? Rooms. Rooms and HMOs. There is, and there's an issue right now with student accommodation. Massive big student accommodation has been built. Huge opportunity to turn, turn student accommodation houses into professional lets for the influx of people that are going to be looking for professional HMO rooms. This is the power of rent to HMO, by the way, rent to rent. And tomorrow night, guys, tomorrow night, totally forgot about this. Tomorrow night, how could I forget? Tomorrow night at seven o'clock, I'm online. So remember, it's a progressive week. So progressive week this week, there's a, lot, there's a live talk every single night this week for progressive week. Tomorrow night, I'm online. I'll put a, a link to this. If anybody has a link to register, whatever, put it under this, need this. But Progressive Week is running every night this week. Tomorrow night from 7 o'clock, I'm live for about two and a half hours. I'm going to be talking all things rent to rent. So rent to rent, if you're interested in rent to rent, if you're looking to get into rent to rent, if you're looking for the huge opportunity that's in the market right now for rent to rent, tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, I'll put a link in the thread once we finish so you can register for that. But um. Tomorrow night from 7 o'clock. It's not in the community, guys. You've got to register, and it's on a totally separate page, a totally separate website. So you've got to register for an online training. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, I'll be online. All things rent to rent. Don't miss it. I'll put a link below. Um, but, Dan, hopefully that answers your question about where the market's going. Big, big opportunities coming. And huge opportunities for lease options coming as well. Because after tw October, when furlough ends, it's going to be a massive, massive boom on things like lease options. No many down strategies are going to come into their own right now because people need to sell. But with the drop that's coming in the market, they're not going to be able to sell today. So you can secure the property today and buy it over a period of time on a lease option. Big, big, big opportunity coming. And you need to be ready for October. You need to be ready for the biggest opportunity since 2008. And it is coming, guys. And you're either going to join the bandwagon and be a part of it. Are you going to get left behind? And there's two ways to look at this. When the last recession happened, a lot of people that were around me were going, oh, you can't buy now. The market's dropping. You can't buy now. And I listened to that stuff and I stopped. While Rob Moore and Mark Homer built the portfolio. I came back into the game 2013 when they were multi-multi-millionaires and I was starting from scratch. Why? Because I waited when I should have moved, when I should have gone for it. Because more millionaires and billionaires are creating a time for crash than we're ever creating a time for rise. So... There's huge, huge opportunities out there. Observe the masses, do the opposite, get into it right now. You're going to look back. And what I look back in 2013 and I said, I missed the boat. Don't look back in 2024 and say, I missed the boat. Get on the boat. The boat's sailing, whether you join it or not. The boat's sailing in October. You're either on the boat or you're off the boat. But it's sailing, guys. So let's get part of it. What else have we got? 
Um, so Emmanuel is asking, how long did it take for your marketing for a steady flow of leads? Um, I mean, the rent-to-rent -rent HMO, direct-to-vendor letters, uh, as soon as you send those, I expect at least between six and 10 calls if I send 200 out within a week to two weeks of me sending them. Um, so, I mean, how many letters do you want to send? Uh, and that, that also depends on how many rent to rent, how many HMOs are in your area. I've got about 2000. Right, right. So I've got a steady flow. <laughs> oh. Have you noticed we got no, we, we've, we've still got no sofa. I'm waiting for a sofa. My wife's going to kill me for showing you, but look, there's no sofa in there, but look what I got watching me. Oh, bless. Oh. Um, sorry, where were you? So, yeah, it depends on how many letters you want to send out. Because if I send out 200 letters, I'm getting about 10 phone calls and between one to two deals um, going off past letters I've sent. Um, other marketing differs. Facebook adverts, that depends on a lot of variables. Um, so, yeah, it really does differ. Standard things like trailers and your, your magnetic signs in your T-shirt, again, there's a lot of variables. How many times are you wearing it? I'm wearing mine everywhere. This has become my new... I just I just wake up and I put this on. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of variables. But I would say if you get all of your marketing in place, it won't take long, months, maybe two months. But, again, how, how much time are you putting into Bill, it? how many of those T-shirts have you? Uh, about, just one. I think we've got about 10. About Not 10 one, now. No. No, no, no. I'm not just, just checking because, like, you wake up and put it on every single day. Um, okay. No, it's just, he's got more than one. Guys, don't panic. He's got no more than one. You can get close to him. No, you can't. You're not allowed to get close to him. There's a one meter rule, or is it a two meter rule? It's a one meter rule now. It's one, one it's plus, one plus. Isn't it? There's a rule. Stick to the rule. Don't get too close. Thankfully, right? He wears the same t shirt every day. Thankfully, we have got a rule that keeps us far enough away from him. Um, so Gary Kewan's asked a question and Gary you clearly aren't listening you clearly weren't watching me I'm kidding I'm kidding right he said what was the best I mean quickest marketing Gary it's about a bit of everything it's about a bit of everything it's not just one thing There's, don't stop chasing the golden nugget one thing it is we covered this it's not about the one thing it's about lots of different things that get your message out there in the area right not people not quite often here's an example for Gary and for everyone you get a phone call from a leaflet and you go, oh, the leaflet worked. But actually what happened was the person went to work in the morning and when they went out to work, they walked down the street and they seen one of your signs on the side of a car or on a, on a trailer or something and they headed off to work. And then at work, they went, came in and they got on their lunchtime, they went to a local shop to get a drink and whatever and a pack of the crisps, a bar of chocolates, a sandwich, whatever it may be. And they seen a postcard just inside the door with one of your signs. And maybe they went into their changing rooms at work and one of the people that work in the company was renting a room off you and you would ask them to put a sign up in their factory changing room or canteen and they seen one of your signs. And then they were going home from work later on in the evening and they walked by a town, a shop in town or something in town, there was a sign over the door. And then they went off home and they checked on the way home, they looked on their Facebook because they were doing that and they seen one of your signs on Facebook. And then they got home, they opened their front door and there was a leaflet inside the front door and they rang it. 
Now, they didn't ring it because they got a leaflet. They rang it because MindSpace, because they seen your message over and over and over again in a period of time. And then you'll say they rang the leaflet. They didn't ring the leaflet. They get loads of leaflets. They rang because of MindSpace. MindSpace. So, guys, you need marketing in general to create that MindSpace. That's a key, key message. What else have we got, Phil? Um, I think that's an important point you, you touched on there, MindSpace. It's all about attention. There's so many different brands out there that are fighting for attention. Yeah. You've just got to fight that a little bit harder. And if you're fighting in your local area, um, you've, got, you've got quite a good chance, especially if you're using a lot of the marketing strategies, such as the offline and the online. Yeah. So... If you can get to people visually outside and then when they're on the phones as well, uh, yeah, you'll do absolutely really well. Um, indeed, he's got a question. So his question, a house is 260 grand. The upgrade required is 30 grand. How do you negotiate and get the best deal for a rent to buy? Indeedy, I am known as the no money down person in the UK. Okay, I don't call myself, well, I just did call myself that, but people call me that. I've written the book, right? Um, read it, no money down property investing. But I have got no bloody idea how you would do that. No idea. Here's why. You've told me that the house is, and this is a general for Indeedy and everybody. People are not knowing the right numbers. So you've said, I, I have a house for 260 grand. The upgrade is 30K. How do you negotiate and get the best deal? What would it be worth? So it's 260. What's it worth? It's 260. Is that the asking price? Is that what you're willing to pay? Is that what it's on the market for? Is it off market? Give me some meat on the bone. More importantly, you spend 30 grand. Now you've got 290 spent. Is it worth 280, 290? Or is it worth 400? What's it worth? Okay, so what is it worth? And you've said the best way to do a rent to buy. So are you looking to rent to buy it? Here's another question. What is the market rent? So I have no idea what the market rent is either. What is the outstanding mortgage balance? So if the person's got a house of 260, have they got a mortgage? What is the outstanding mortgage balance? What is their monthly payments on that mortgage? How much equity have they in the house? But most importantly, all I'd still have in all of that is the numbers. And you know what's the least important thing? The numbers. You've told me nothing about the person. The most important thing in, in, in getting a creative deal done is not the numbers. The most important, and you've got loads of numbers missing, by the way. The most important thing is the person. What's the person's situation? You see, if the person needs to sell and needs all their money out now to buy another house and they just want their price, there's no deal. So it's irrelevant what the numbers are. But if the person, like some of the deals we're looking at at the moment with some of our students, the person's moving abroad. They don't need to buy another house. The person has, been, has inherited a house. The person is downsizing, but they've already bought their downsized house and they don't need another one. They're a couple that moved in together and they both owned a house and they're trying to sell a house. They don't need to sell to buy. There's loads of scenarios, loads of them. I can keep rhyming them off if we had all night, but we don't. We're going to take more questions. So, indeed, the point is I have got no idea how to structure that deal because there's no information around the deal. You must work out the information. I follow a six-step model, a reason model. So, you build R of reason is build rapport. How do you spell reason, Phil? Or E. E, right, is empathy. So, you're empathy, you create empathy with the homeowner. Rapport and empathy. A is, um, what's A, Phil, on reason, or EA? I'm forgetting now, I'm kidding. 
Oh. Kid, come on, chest yet. What's A? What's A? What's A? I forgot. I forgot now. I forgot. So, <laughs> rapport, empathy, um, his reason. Rapport, empathy. What's A in my own reason? I've gone blank. And A, A, S is situation, right? O is, um, or E A, I've had a complete blank. So, rapport, empathy. Um, what's A? Situation. I, I can't Understa- So, understanding. It's not reason. It's result. Progressives is the reason model. Result. Six steps to result. That's where I'm going to throw in. Right? So, result. R is, re- is rapport. E is empathy. S is situation. U is understanding their situation. So, what is the best solution for them? So, R-E-S-U. L is the learning. So you don't get the deal all the time. You get one in 10 on average. So you're going to earn or learn. And the final stage, the T, is the time. You must spend time with the person. So if you're doing 15-minute viewings, you're never going to get a deal. The time, you have got to be spending one hour, an hour and a half, two hours plus, finding out all of that information about the person so then you can go away and structure a creative deal. The reason model is for finding a, a reason model is run down that the um, equity, buying equity. A is a, don't buy abroad. This is what not to buy. Don't buy run down. Don't buy where there's no, where there's no ability to, where it's expensive and no equity. S is scattergun. Don't buy scattergun all over the country. I've left A out abroad. Don't buy abroad. Always don't buy off plan. And N is don't buy new build. So reason is the six things not to buy. Result is the six steps to creating a creative deal. You must know these steps, guys, or you're not going to secure the deals. And I had a complete blank. And what was reason for, what was the reason for the rebranding, Gary says? I just read reason again. But yeah, okay. So Ndidi, give me more information on the deal and maybe we can help you. But at the moment, you've got absolutely nothing because you don't know enough information. What else have we got? So, guys, if you're in fine, oh, hold on a second. We have two potential tenants. So, Eda's got two potential tenants. However, the size of accommodation at their price, they re- at the price they require are going, I can't read the whole question for some reason. If I hit see more. Oh, there we go. We have two potential tenants. However, the size of accommodation at their price they require are going to, are going by time we approach the agent's what would you suggest? I've no idea what you mean, Ed. I think you need to rewrite that question as it doesn't make sense to me. The size of accommodation at their price they require are going to going by. I don't know what you mean. If you can rewrite it in and li- add in the words you've left out, that would be cool. Um, lots of hashtags for NMDTV. Good stuff. What else are we getting? Great advice, Phil. As we speak, I have just set up a ca- up a cash for your property account. With goodies, it brings, again, I can't see the rest of that question. Oh, brings in my local area within the next few months. Okay, what else have we got? Garrett, Graham is saying, I'll catch the replay. Graham, don't catch the replay. Nothing like a good life. Ollie Oxley, Phil Leslie, do you think letters are, <laughs> do you still think that letters are still the way to go? Or are you focusing different marketing? And if so, what has been the most effective? Ollie, we're back to the most effective again. This is not about the most effective. This is about a bit of everything. 
But Phil, what's been the most effective and what do you think is the way to go? Uh, again, it depends what you're marketing for. If you're going for the rent-to-rent -rent HMO, 100% the letters. Um, I have yet to actually approach an agent. But from my letters, I've had agents approach me. Um, I am going to approach agents uh, soon, but I haven't needed to yet. Um, for motivated sellers... Uh, I would say you've got to do a bit of everything. Good stuff. Ali, hope that answers your question. We've got a lot of questions coming through now. Gary Kewen says, Sorry, Kev, went for a P at that moment. Gary, we don't need to know. We don't, was, it a, was it a one or a two? We don't need to know. Ali um, said, Ignore my question. I don't want Kevin's blood pressure to boil over. Too late. It's boiling. I'm kidding. <laughs> so... Daniel saying, Kevin, please don't forget to breathe. Daniel, we only live once. Get as many breaths in as you can while you're here. What else have we got to do? Shit, man, live a little. I'm just enjoying this. I'm, I, I, we have to enjoy life. I spent, I'll tell you what, guys. I spent 14 years, 14 years working for Lang O'Rourke, right? Working 70-odd hours a week on construction sites and doing audits and getting, people hated me. But they still do, but you know what I mean, in a different way. Um, Doing audits on construction sites up and down the country, 50,000 miles a year, driving around to different sites all over the country, ticking boxes on bits of paper, bored shitless with all these monthly reports to do. I'm going to enjoy my life because property has given me a life that I can enjoy. I can do this sitting at home in the evenings with my wife inside having a go at me because she's like, where is he? Where is he? I got to bat the kids. I got to bat the kids. I'm kidding. But guys, we, we only have one life. Let's enjoy the thing. Breathe. Don't, don't. You've got, we'd be long enough dead. Yes, I should breathe, actually, because I will be dead if I don't breathe. You're right, Daniel, you're right. But you know what I'm saying. Let's enjoy it. I'm having fun. Phil, are you having fun? Certainly am. Certainly am. So, um, Indeed, you're saying, thanks, Kevin. I'll work on the additional numbers. Do, my man. Listen to me. Indeed, work on the numbers. Drop me a private message. I'll have a look at them for you. Let's, let's see what's there. But, too often, people don't know their numbers. They're trying to do deals. They don't know their numbers. I hear people all the time. They go, they, they send me a message sometimes. And you'll see a post on Facebook going, I've got a viewing on Thursday, and I'm going to do a lease option. Or I'm looking for a lease option. Or somebody says, do you know any lease options out there? How do you know it's a lease option? A lease option is not a strategy. It's a tool. It's a tool. If you're going to dig a hole, right, you don't say, I'm going to dig a hole, and I'm going to make it 50 feet big. But you're going to decide, do you use a shovel, a hammer, a, a hammer to dig a, dig a hole, it ain't going to work, is it? You know what I mean? A shovel, a, a spade, a long time since I was on them construction sites, a digger. <laughs> but if you've got to dig a huge hole, you're going to need a digger. Right? If you're going to dig a small hole, you'll use a shovel. Or you could use a little spade or a, or a, a kid's toy, depending on how big the hole needs to be. Because here's the thing, it's impossible to dig half a hole, right? A hole's a hole. But... When you're trying to do a property deal, what you're thinking, I'm going to do a lease option, but you're trying to use a, a shovel to dig a bloody swimming pool. You've got to make sure that you know you're digging the swimming pool and then get the right tool for it. So what's the situation of the person? What's the result, the six steps to result? What's their situation? Do you understand their situation? And is lease option the tool that's going to solve their situation? Or is assisted sale a better tool? Or is rent to rent a better tool? 
Or is Bindor Finance a better tool? Or is Tenant Buyer a better tool? What's the right tool for that situation? You, lease option is not a strategy, it's a tool. And this is where a lot of people get confused. You can use a lease option on any type of property deal because it's a tool, not a strategy. No money down is about the tools than to deliver the house, to get you the keys, to allow you to do the strategy. But quite often, too many people, they're focused on the strategy and they don't know how to get the keys because they don't have the tools to dig the hole. That makes no sense whatsoever. I've been rambling on again. Sorry, Daniel, but you know what I'm saying. Where are we going? Did you use Kevin's template for the directive in your letters? Yeah, did you use my template, Karen? Karen? Karen's asking. Phil? I did. I did. I changed it slightly, um, but the, every, every bit of important information was straight from your template. I changed it slightly. Do you remember I, on the trend I shared? Was, were you there when I shared the, the, the lad that um, used my template, didn't change it at all, left my phone number on it, and we got inundated with bloody phone calls? That was, yeah, yeah. That, so when you, if you do yeah. use the template, Karen, because you've got my template, um, and, and please don't share it, but if you do, if you do use the template, Karen, um, make sure you put my number on it, yeah? I'm kidding. Ivor. So potential seller wants to move abroad. He wants 262K, has our second property to move into, so well, that's one tick in the box. I'm struggling to open the question fully. There we go. Um, being there 35 years, I think he would go for a long-term lease. How would I approach the deal? Has no mortgage. Property been on the market for months. Started at 290K. House has no gas, just electric heaters. And so, Ivor, what is, what, what's the, re this is another thing that people miss on the deal. And I'll talk to you about what you could do with it. But a lot of people miss is, what are you going to do with it? So let's say you secure the house. Let's say you do get the deal. What's it worth to you? And what's it worth to you? I don't mean it's worth 290K or it's worth 262K. What I mean by what it's worth to you is what can you rent it for and what would that give you as a profit? And what would it be worth long term? So what could you do? You could. I think. Yeah, go. So I was just going to say, I think a lot of people as well, I've seen it in the past where, Someone will come to you and say, I've got this deal. And all they'll talk about is the yeah. property. They won't talk about the person. And nine times out of 10, that's more important than the property is, their situation. That's the key. Everyone forgets about the property, the person. I've had loads of people send me details of a deal. And then I'll say, okay, tell me, tell me about the deal now. And they'll go, it's the purchase price and it's the rent. No, I said, no, tell me about the deal. Well, the purchase price is this. And what about the person? Well, I don't know. I've never met them. No idea about the person. The uh, deal is created by the person. It's the situation. You're solving people's problems. You're a people prob your person problem solver. You can buy a house anywhere. You creative deals, you're solving people's problems. So Ivor, um, let's, yeah. let's say we know, let's pretend on this one. Um, we know the person is really open. We've got a little bit about the person. So they've got no mortgage. They want to move abroad. They don't necessarily need to sell. And... Um, would they be open to an income? So what you haven't got here, Ivor, what you need to go away and get is, what would you do with the house? Is it a HM, going to be a HMO? Is it going to be a single let? Is it going to be SA? What's it going to be? Whatever it's going to be, what is the income potential for that deal? So what can you make for it? Okay. Now, you want to make a profit. So I would say you work out what your income potential is. You work back from that. Take away all your costs. If you want to make a profit of 300 quid a month on a single let or... 
600 quid a month on a HMO, whatever it may be. Work out your profit, take away your cost. That will leave you, so you're reverse engineering it. That will leave you the monthly amount that you can offer to give the landlord. Okay, so let's say it rents for 1200 a month and you want 300 a pound a month profit and it's a single let. If it rents for 1200, you want 300, pay yourself first. You can give the landlord 900 quid a month, but you can't because if you rent it for 1200, you take 300 profit, that leaves 900, but you got management, maintenance, voids. So you would take off, let's say 10% for management, maintenance, and voids. You take away 10% each. You take away 30% of the 300, of the 1,200, 360 quid. So you might take away 600 quid, give the landlord 600 a month. So you offer him a, offer him a guaranteed rent of 600 a month or take it on a, a, a lease option. Will work, but you're not babysitting a mortgage because there is none. Um, he could refinance the house, pull a whole chunk of money out, and then you do an option to buy and pay his mortgage. That could work. So that's two different scenarios to, to do. So I rent with no mortgage on it. Him take out a mortgage on his own house and to get a lump of cash and you service the debt. You could buy it below market value. That's a third solution. You could deal package it to somebody else. That's a fourth solution. Um, you could put a tenant buyer in so you could get 1200 a month rent. And I'm creating the rent because I don't know the rent because you don't have it. You could then get a tenant buyer in who pays the 1200 a month rent, but also a couple of hundred quid a month top up. So you can get five, and the tenant buyer, if you secure it at, at, if you secure for 262 and you know it's worth 290, the tenant buyer could buy it back off you, off you in the future for 300. So you pay 262, you sell for 300, you make 38 grand. So there's about five different ways there that you could structure the deal I bought, but you need to know what this deal is worth for, to you. Now, you don't need to do the best deal, you need to do something that works for you, something that works. Too often I see people trying to do the thing that's best. What's the best marketing? What's the best strategy right now? What's the best this? What's the best that? Just do something that works. Don't, don't have to be the best. I've got a block of flats that would make probably double the money of service accommodation than they make a single let. Guess what I do? I just single let them. Why do I single let them? Six flats in one block. Why do I single let them? Because I still make a profit from single let and it works. And that means I can sit here, relax and watch this instead of having to go out changing bed sheets. Just do something that works. Um, another rant, Daniel. Sorry, I have to breathe. Um, do you think it is wise to avoid student HMOs for the next few months? Sonia, uh, Sonia wants to know, Phil, do you think it's wise to avoid student HMOs for the next few months? Um, so I don't deal with the student market. So we deal with professionals and postgrads. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Cambridge have put all of their courses, I believe, until next year online. Um, that's a, that's a difficult one for me to answer because I don't deal with student market. So, Sonia, here's what I'd say: I'm not just avoiding student HMOs for the next few months. I'm just avoiding student HMOs. I don't like student HMOs. Professionals, professionals, professionals. Why? Because in most universities in the country. Student HMOs in the past, most universities have built self-contained complexes. The students can go jump in the pool. They can ha go for a swim. They've got a gym. They can do all of this stuff. And you've got this HMO down the street, 25 minutes walk from the college, uh, from the university. And they can live pretty much on campus in a five-star hotel type setup. And the student, I, would, I wouldn't just avoid it for the next few months. 
I, I would be targeting student HMO properties to do rent to rents on them and turn them into professional lets. Jeffrey is asking, how do I get into assisted sales? Jeffrey, private message me, get yourself on the no money down training. I will teach you all about assisted sales, about not lease options, about exchange and lead completions, about vendor finance, about JV finance, about raising other people's money, about rent to rent, about rent to own. We cover it all. Jeffrey, that's what you need to do. What else have we got? Um, what time is it, Phil? You're the time checker. Remember, no Rolex. Uh, quarter to nine. Oh, quarter to nine. Um, we'll give it, we'll do 15 minutes and we'll call it a night. Or, um, there will be another statistic. Yep. There'll be two more statistics in the divorce results of this country. And Leanne and Linda will be off ski. So we'll give it 15 minutes. We're out of here. <laughs> Vanessa is asking, Phil, I am looking for, at a student HMO to upgrade for professional tenants quite run down and has been empty for a few months. She's no question there, actually. Vanessa, that's exactly what we're looking at. That's the sort of thing you need to be doing. Let's give you a virtual high five. Um, is there a way to, oh, there is a question. It's just later. Is there a way to calculate how much to spend on updating it? Six bed, thank you. Phil, all yours. Let's see if you learned anything on the training. Yeah, so you can only use uh, six months worth of your profit to update the HMO. So, for instance, in my area, a room goes for 400. So I know that between a four bed and a six bed, I can, um, I can refurbish the property up to £3,600. Follow, just follow the rules. Okay, so what he's done there... It's a room is for, we've got two rules, Vanessa. Rule of 1.5. So you got it right, by the way. So, well done. You're lucky. Right. Rule of 1.5 <laughs> is one and a half rooms has to be profit minimum. So if you're making 400 a room, half of the second room is 200. So you're making 600 a month profit. That's your mini, that's your target. 600 a month profit. You want to get all the money that you put in back out within six months. So 600 a month times six months, six, six is 36. Your maximum spend is £3,600, six months of your profit. So you put in £3,600, you make 600 a month profit for six months, you've got all your money out by month six, and for month seven onwards, it's infinite profit from the deal. That's the two rules. So your 1.5 rule and your six-month rule, Vanessa. Uh, what else we got? Uh, John Davenport's in vendor finance plus bridging loans equals 100% funding. Uh, kind of, John, but not maybe. Depends how you structure that because a bridging loan provider might not allow vendor finance. Um, it depends. Uh, it certainly it depends how you're structuring the vendor finance deal. So are you if you're joint venturing with the vendor, if you're setting up an SPV with the vendor, let's say you're doing a development and the vendor's got a bunch of land or something and you want to um, put the land into the development. It, you, so a vendor's selling land and the vendor is happy to stay in the deal and put the land into an SPV where you and him are shareholders, then you and him can apply for bridging finance or development funding against the land to do the development together. And if you're just buying something, applying for bridging, a bridging loan of say 60, 70%, and you're saying to the bridging lender, I'm not putting any skin in the game, the vendor is gonna put the money up, then that might not be allowed. That certainly won't be allowed with a mortgage. So vendor finance, there's lots of ways to do it, but 
You've got to make sure that you're doing it legally and doing it in the right way. We have come to the end of the questions, Phil. I've had fun. Have you had fun? Yep, yep, definitely. 